The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. All right, boys and girls, and welcome to the Thursday episode of Brutal Nation. I'm your host, the illustrious Scott Alexander, looking sexy today. Right across me is the one, the only, the big cheeseburger herself, Tammy the Sasquatch Underwood. Say hi, Tam Tam. Hi. I'm I'm trying to figure out how does a cheeseburger and a, you know, I don't get it. Well, I, I have to figure out new ways to introduce you. To make yeah. it creative. I know you're always the illustrious Scott Alexander. Duh. Have you, you never not switched seen me? that up? <laughs> have you not seen me? I am fucking fabulous. Okay, but I don't get illustrious. Oh, but many see, other when girls I see did. Ilu- think illustrious. I think of the women in the nice, beautiful gowns as they're going down the red carpet for the Oscars. Hey, hey. I can be pretty too, bitch. Yeah, Vera Wang has not measured you yet. <laughs> Just Vera has measured my Wang. <laughs> no, she has not. <laughs> Many of women named Vera have, have <laughs> had some Wang time. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> wang Chung tonight. <laughs> I think it would be hilarious if a chick sang that while in bed with me. That would be fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody have fun tonight. <laughs> Scott's wang is hung tonight. Yeah, that that'd be even better. I'd be thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week. Dip your waitress. I have been around you way too long. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, so I actually read through this. So I'm actually ready to do this. I read through it um, yesterday wow. before something like that. And this one here, I'm intrigued by it because how this woman actually became a cop still. Freaking amazing. Oh, I think I've heard of her. Yeah. So this is the uh, kind of very unusual, more of a true crime than it is uh, Yeah. Isn't it just a single murder? Sort of. Oh, okay. This is the story of Antoinette Frank, a.k.a. the freaky cop. That's what I'm calling her. (laughs) How about the voodoo cop? Oh, there you go. Because she is from Nolans. Oh, there, there you go. Is she related to um, Marie Laveau? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So Antoinette Reese Frank was born on April 30th of 1971 in Opalales, Louisiana, Ooh. United States, to Mary and Adam Frank Sr. So she's not very much older than you and I are, because I'm 73 and you're 74. 75. You're 75? When, oh. when was she born? 1971, April 30th. Okay, so yeah, she's four years older than <coughs> me, which my sister's five, so. <clears throat> she had an unstable childhood, but knew from a young age that she wanted to be a police officer. Okay. Antoinette's brother, Frank Jr., was a fugitive, and her father only kind of occasionally graced her life with his presence, because, you know, he's just that fucking important. A scumbag. Not that I'm. I mean, he's in, he's important in his own mind. You mean? Yeah. Okay, got it. Yep, yep. Her broken family life sent her seeking psychiatric help, which is is good. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm going to give her props for that. You know, knowing that she had some some fucked up problems, she said, "Hey, right. I need to go seek you know a, a psychologist or oh, a psychiatrist." Oh, so she did herself. Yeah, herself. Oh, okay, got it, got it. You know, because she wanted to uh, to to fix herself, which which I did myself because I have a pretty messed up childhood. Right. You know, so so that. I feel for you. I feel for you, Antoinette. I yeah, do on, on that mean, one. 
she went through abandonment because of her dad. Her brother is a like a known fugitive, so there's that. Yeah. You know? So she's already got like a bucket of fucked up going on. Yeah, she got a bucket of shit. Well, check this out. She says that her father beat her, molested her, and mentally abused her as a child. Oh, fuck. That's what she says. Well, it might be true. It might, might be not, because we're going to find out some interesting shit here. So let's oh, go okay. into her police career. In early 1993, Antoinette applied to the Nolens Police Department, the NOPD. Noped. Oh, <laughs> I like love the NOPD. Yep, the noped. Allegedly, she was caught lying multiple times on her employment application and failed two psych evaluations. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Psychiatrist Philip uh, Shira advised that under no circumstances should she be hired. He described ever. her ever, yeah, like ever, like do not hire Psycho Sally here. <laughs> yeah, her big file. Yeah. Do not hire. Like she's got more issues than Sports Illustrated, y'all. <laughs> um, just saying, you, you might want to look at her and go, oh, that's going to be a hard pass. Hard nah. <laughs> he described her as shallow and very superficial. When it looked like her application was stalling, Antoinette wrote a suicide note and then disappeared uh, for wow. like a day. Oh. <laughs> In spite of this, Antoinette was given a second, as a second, a second chance, uh, and uh, to, to reapply. Okay. The department was like chronically shorthanded, and because of its officer, its officers weren't paid shit, right? Oh yeah. And uh, and and paid like far less than than cities. The national that, average. Well, and. Uh, Paid less than officers that were working in cities of comparable size. Right, right, right. Like, you know, if if one cop was making, let's say, fucking $10 an hour, just mm-hmm. throw it out a number, they were making, like, the three. <laughs> right. Oh, no, I hear you. Yeah, it was, it was pretty messed up when it comes to their fucking budget, I guess. As a result, they were losing officers faster than they can replace them. <laughs> The ranks had also been decimated by several arrests for murder and drug activity. So oh, they're not shit. They're their already, own cops, huh? Yeah, their own cops are like, hey, look, Bob, we got to fucking arrest you because you murdered five people and you're snorting cocaine. Hey, I'm not snorting cocaine. It's all over your face, dude. Um, That's not powdered sugar. It's not powdered sugar, motherfucker. And your eyes are <laughs> dilated like a lot. <laughs> So the pool of applicants were limited since all the officers were required to be residents of Nolens until 2014. That all changed. Okay. Officers believed having more African Americans on the force uh, that that would alle- you know alleviate the racial tension, right? Through an increased representation. Okay. This idea sounds, but well, it's a good idea. Yeah. But honestly, it's. Pretty limited options at this time. Right. You know, because they don't have a huge pool to choose from. They got to kind of take what they can get, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, and that was right around the time when they had that big old uh, police and African-American community standoff that resulted in a lot of deaths, unwarranted deaths. No, no, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, they were fucking desperate. Yeah. So... Little Miss Antoinette was hired on February 7th of 1993 and graduated from the police academy on February 28th, near the top of her class. Was she black? Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it now. She a sister. Yeah. Rise okay. above it, sister. However, while she did, you know, like I said, graduate at the top of her class, near the top, 
her career was eh, mediocre. Yeah, minimal. I mean, like, yeah. Eh. Other officers believe she was rather shy, d- uh, didn't have an accurate concept about what real police work was, and lacked the ability to make quick decisions. They found uh. her behavior really irrational. Oh. Yeah. Well, by August, her supervisors wanted to send her back to the academy for additional training. Like, bitch, you need to learn some new shit. <laughs> like, I don't know how you passed the first time. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's it's kind of a mystery. Maybe you are related to Marie Laveau because <laughs> right. we That's... can't see how they even passed you, much less top of your class, you fucking <laughs> right. psycho-ass you motherfucker. You voodoo stuff going on there. So frequently, her actions required supervisory uh, a supervisory review period. Antoinette did win Officer of the Month from the Kiwanis Club for her work in the community. Okay. So that tells me, like, she was cool with the community. You know, she would have been a good community officer. But I don't think that she would have been a good real cop because she couldn't make quick, you know, quick reaction. Right. Split you know, second decisions, which cops need to do, man. Yeah. Well, my brother, my little brother, you know, my nephew's father wanted to be um, a police officer too and he actually went took criminal justice major in criminal justice in college but when he went and you know took the exam they asked him straight up said what would you do if you if you had somebody you were in a situation where you had to draw your weapon would you be able to shoot somebody and he hesitated oh shit and they said no you can't be here I wanted to be a cop throughout high school okay even though I went to college for music and shit like that. Right. And instead I became a rock star. That's, that's what I did. Well, you I know, did music for a living. Same, same. <laughs> but, so, when I was married to my third ex-wife and we were living in Bend, I had an opportunity to apply to um, a police department in a neighboring town. Okay. And Missy actually put this into perspective for me. She said, because I was gung-ho, you know, uh, my buddy Mike, he's a, he's a cop out there. He goes, yeah, dude, apply. You'll get right in. They'll send you to the academy. You know, da da. I said, cool. Right. I said, okay, Scotty, consider this. You go to a call, and there is a guy there who has molested a kid or has beaten the shit oh. out of a kid. Oh, shit. What would you do? I mean, just think about it hard. I thought about it. Oh, shit. Yeah, you wouldn't be able in the right frame of mind to just arrest him. The beating the kid, I might at bare minimum break his nose. Yeah, but oh, if and I, you could always say he resisted. Yeah, he fell down the stairs a couple times. Mm-hmm. But the molesting a kid? Mm. <laughs> no, I'd have tied a freaking no. Then I would be inmate number one, two, three, four, five. One hundred nine, five hundred seventy-two. You can still remember that shit because you're you're negative female inmate. <laughs> <laughs> A seven zero seven zero nine four is my friends. <laughs> sixty nine sixty nine is me and your mom. And then I had a um, Chinese friend who was in there with me, and I don't know her SID number in English, but her Cantonese number was Chutse Chutse Leng Lokpat. You want to know why you don't know it in English? Because hers is, is slanted. <laughs> You're so fucking stupid. You have to squint to see it. You are so dumb. <laughs> So check this out. On November 25th, 1994, Antoinette responded to an incident <clears throat> in which Rogers Lecraze, a known drug dealer, had been shot. Rogers, dressed like a gangster, yeah, homie, I, I feel you, mm. with saggy pants and gold teethers. Gold teeths? <laughs> Got the gold teeths. <laughs> so stupid. 
An investigator with the Department of Public Safety and Corrections believed this may have been the first time the two had met, but Antoinette later states they had met about eight months earlier. Regardless of when or how they met, she stayed in contact uh, after taking a statement. Now, initially, the goal was to get close to him and help him turn his life around. Yeah, well, that's at least what she said, right? That, and it backfired. Antoinette was drawn to his bad boy ways. And it wasn't long before they were intimate. Oh, yeah, giving it to her gangster style. Saggy hey. jaws and all. Hey, sometimes that's good. I wouldn't know. I don't get banged by gangsters. You're not gang banged. You're not setting me up with any of the sisters, so that's all I'm saying. Oh, my God. That was so funny. The fact that she jeopardized her career may have added a little extra spice to the relationship. And you know what? I can kind of agree with that. Like, like uh, 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 true story. Like, I dated um, one girl who worked for a national chain of stores in retail, okay. right? She was the manager. And many a times it was really hot, like, during the middle of her working for her and I to slip off into, like, the back office. And do oh, some, yeah. And do some fucking. Oh, hell yeah. With the door unlocked. With that chance of getting caught. Oh, fuck yeah. I, I don't know why, but it was like, that's, that's freaking, that's amazing. Yeah, no. As if the relationship in and of itself wasn't questionably stupid. Other officers witnessed Rogers driving her car. That's the gangsta. Her, her police car? Like her regular car. Oh, okay. But get this. That's it. But wait, there's more. Oh, he shit. even moved her squad car for her while she was responding <gasps> to an incident. Rogers, oh, hell no. Yeah, Rogers. Well, check this out. This dude also accompanied her on calls when she was dispatched. Sometimes like in the in passenger seat? Yeah. Oh, shit. And sometimes introduced himself as a trainee and other times as her nephew. Kinky. As a ride-along, huh? Yeah. I'm just her nephew. Oh, oh, oh. oh she's giving him head. <laughs> fucking gross. I Relative humidity. No. <laughs> that's Arkansas right there. No, that's an arranged marriage in Arkansas. No, no, that's true. Because, hey, remember, the Arkansas State logo, or mo- <laughs> mo- motto, rather, if your sister ain't good enough for her own family, who is she good for? <laughs> fucking stupid. The two started pulling over motorists in, in the squad car and robbing them. Let that sink in. Get, get fucking robbed wow. by the cops, man. But it's Nolans. So <laughs> there you go. Well, there you go. During a later DOC investigation, which I think is Department of Corrections. Yes, it yes, is. Yes, it is. Oh, I remember that now because my first ex-wife scared the shit out of me with, uh, with the DOC. Did she? I never told you about that. No, Maritza? No, no, no. The last one. Oh, I thought you said first one. No, no. My last ex-wife. Oh. So check this out. And then we'll go on to this. It's kind of a funny story. I'm I'm driving and I get this call and I think she's at home. I think she's here. And I get this call. Hey, Scott, what does DOC mean on the side of a car? That's Department of Corrections. Because, no, you know, I'm... you told me this story. It wasn't Department of Corrections. It was the... Um... Um, no, it was DOC. No, was, no, 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 no. It was the, it? Um, like, Homeland Security type stuff. No, no, no. It was DOC. Oh. You know, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, uh, why the hell is the DOC, the Department of Corrections, at yeah. my home? And I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm all, Department of Corrections. Okay, what the hell is going on? I'm thinking to myself, I paid all my fines because I've been arrested once or twice. Well, right. And Department of Corrections would only come out on, like, a... 
like an escape year parole violation or something. Well, apparently there were sheriffs there and cops, all kinds of people there, right? And I'm freaking out. And then she goes, oh, yeah, I'm over here at Walmart. I'm, Dude, you could have led with that. <laughs> like, Jesus. I'm like, my heart's pounding outside of my chest. I'm getting ready to call my shrink. I'm taking, like, fucking antidepressants and chewing <laughs> them up your, like they're gum. You have your attorneys on the other line. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I'm, like, getting ready to call my attorneys. <laughs> I'm freaking the fuck out. And it had nothing to do with me. They were pursuing a suspect at, of course, Walmart. Well, of course. Because, you know, it's Walmart. (laughs) Looking for a criminal? Go to Walmart. So during a later DOC investigation, Antoinette refused to talk about Rogers other than to say she was trying to help him. When their sexual relationship came to light, She was asked why she continued a relationship with a known dealer who had already been involved with shootings. Yeah. Antoinette's response was simply she wouldn't hold his past against him, which, you know, there's a difference between holding someone's past against them and then embracing their present actions. Well, and not just that. I know for a fact that it is against department regulations for an officer or a corrections officer to date a known felon. That would make sense. Period. I mean, it is against company policy. I would think that would be nationwide because that kind of makes sense. You know, you are in law enforcement. Yeah. You probably don't want to be fucking somebody who is a known criminal. It's a conflict of fucking interest. Yeah, she, this one's just a peach. She's a peach. Lighting a cigarette. Oh, no problem. So the investigator also asked her. I'm sorry. Also asked about her attempt to buy Rogers some nine millimeter ammo from Walmart the day before. And they, we're going to get into this. The Kim Ong murders. Of course, the op, the police officer, as a police officer, she saw nothing wrong with buying ammo. And the issue isn't her buying ammo, but who you're buying it for and what you did with it that's the issue yeah i mean fuck i buy ammo it's not a big deal now if i take that ammo loaded into a gun and i go shoot somebody with it no it's an issue no no it's an issue and he's a known felon so he can't buy ammo right so so antoinette refused to talk to him about the murders that was the, the the kim ung murders uh, either telling the investigators to look it up in the records or to maintain her innocence. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, at she least was... she's staying quiet. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> and you know what? She's not that stupid, which is good. She's, she's yeah. erratic and she's crazy, but not stupid because what, what have we seen time and time again? Hey, I'm going to tell you what happened. I'm going to clear this shit up. No, you're not. Yeah. No, you're not. You're going to go to fucking prison, motherfucker. Yeah. That's what I'm going to tell you what happened. Yeah, I know him. Oh, you're guilty. Uh huh. <laughs> Yeah, trust me, I know that one. You should say precisely two things when you're questioned. Jack and shit. Yeah, you should, no, say two things. Exactly. Call lawyer. Yeah, no, (laughs) that's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah. You let your lawyer do all the talking, man. You just just sit there and look pretty. That's right. Well, anyway, she she was still adamant that Rogers and her were not intimate. But that was, that, uh... But that was involved with someone else within the police department and refused to give the name. Like she was, you know, boning someone else. Oh, okay. I have to correct something. That didn't correct earlier. There we go. 
John Stevens and Anthony Wallace testified that they had met Rogers at a party on February 4th of 1995. As they were leaving the party, an argument occurred between John and Rogers. Anthony okay. said they should just leave. Like, let's get the fuck out of here, man. Okay. The man got into their car and drove several blocks before getting pulled over by a police car. And yeah. there's beautiful little Antoinette in uniform. She exited the squad car and told the men to get out and walk back to their car. Pure, no, her, to her car, car, rather. Okay. Oh, to the back of their car. Sorry. Oh. Uh, anyway, it was then Anthony saw Rogers holding a gun. He rushed Rogers, and the two men fought. Both John and Antoinette jumped in the fray, and the weapon discharged. John attempted to run, but a third man appeared. Oh, out of nowhere? Out of nowhere, like, poof. Kind of like the Asian uh, fucking caregiver at your brother's house. Dude, no shit, yo. Like, she just appeared in the kitchen, like, hey, I wonder yeah. when she's going to show up. And all of a sudden, she appeared, and she'd already cooked yeah. some shit. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, oh, she I just, can't. like, all of a sudden, it's like, I didn't even see her. And all of a sudden, I hear knock, knock, knock. It's like, what the fuck? She came out of one of the cupboards, y'all. It Dude, was, it was I actually didn't see disgusting. her umbrella, but... <laughs> <laughs> Some Mary Poppins shit, guys. That's, uh, that's what I said. Urban Bryant, a civil sheriff at the time, had observed a stop patrol car with his lights on. Urban initially thought the officers were making a traffic stop, but as he approached, he realized the officers, uh, the officer and, uh, and two black men were fighting. Always leave it up to the black guys. That's right. <laughs> Urban testified he saw John break away uh, from the fight and run and pick up a Tech 9, which that's an automatic machine gun, is what the fuck it is, um, off of the grass. He ordered the men to drop the gun, which he did, and he restrained him. Urban also testified Rogers had lunged for, uh, toward John and he had to restrain him as well. Okay. So now, you know, he's got Rogers cuffed and he's got this other dude, you know, John cuffed. And they got a tech nine, and then they're doing a little bit of rapping, and the, the, the sheriff pulled down his pants, so a little bit baggy now. He's all, yo, 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 listen up, motherfuckers. Boop, boop. That's the sound of the police. <laughs> He's a big sheriff in the house. <laughs> 911's a joke in your town. <laughs> so Antoinette said that Rogers was a good guy and John was the one causing trouble and ordered Rogers release. John was restrained until backup arrived. He was arrested and charged with attempted murder and armed robbery. Rogers was never questioned by the cops in spite of his involvement, which right there is fucked up. He's a known fucking felon. And right. whether, whether he initiated this fight or not... Exactly, exactly. And if he was on probation and or parole, they would have hauled his ass in anyways because you do that until the probation or parole officer determines whether or not to release them. It's their call. Yeah, you know, error on the side of caution. Yeah. I would much rather a yeah. cop arrest, you know, somebody who's a known felon yep. and go, okay, you know what? You're good. We're you know, we're sorry. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. You know, for, we held you for 72 right. hours. Skip away. Right. Rather than let somebody go and go, oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's just it. I mean, when I was on parole, if I had any police contact, that means if I was a, even a witness in something, like a car accident or anything, and I had to talk to the police, I had to call my parole officer within 24 hours, right? If I didn't, I would be arrested. 
If I was in an altercation with somebody, the cops had to arrest me and wait for my parole officer to decide what to do. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. When uh, when I was on probation, um, <laughs> my probation officer, because I didn't have to check in with a probation officer, and uh, I was kind of... Wow, you were put on bench probation right away? Fuck you. Oh, yeah. I, I called up thinking, okay, I'm going to have to check in once a week, yada, yada. And yeah. my probation officer, and by the way, mine wasn't for like drugs or anything. Mine was for it's an right. assault charge. Yeah. Because I fight. I used to fight a little bit. Yeah, you kind of did. And uh, so he says, look, Mr. Alexander, I have a desk full of cases. Right, right. Of people that are real criminals. <laughs> like me. You, however, I don't have time for you. So here's here's my deal for you, Mr. Alexander. You ready? Yeah, go for it, man. He's like, don't get arrested. Stop fucking fighting. And then he actually said fucking, stop fucking fighting. Oh, yeah, they swear a lot. You know, don't do any dumbass moves. Yeah. Keep your nose clean. You got a year's probation. If I never talk to you, then we're good. I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to run by your house. Wow. Just... Let's leave each other alone. Now, unless you fuck up. If you fuck up, he goes, I promise you, if you fuck up, you're not going to make my day. And I'm going to be up your ass. Wow. Every second for the rest of your probation. Am I understood? What? Oh, yeah. Did you? Did he waive your probation fees, too? Uh, or yeah. Or did you just have to? Huh? Yeah. Fuck you. He was, he was great. I, I had to report every month for two years before I reached that status. <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've always been an upstanding citizen up until... Well, those, I was a good problems. girl until I got involved with somebody, a couple of people who weren't so good. Yeah, you know. Uh, oh, and, and he said, hey, and if you're, if you're going to leave town, like, outside the Portland metro area, just call and leave me a message just so I know. Right, right. I had to actually have a form signed. Yeah, no. He yeah. said, you, you can go wherever you want. I just want to know. Wow. Said, oh, okay, cool. And you, you want to know how many times I talked to him after that? Yeah, as long as you stayed within your state and the Portland Metro, right? Yep. Yeah. I talked to him, and actually mine was a little bit further because I was traveling to Bend, Oregon all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can go to, like, Central Oregon. Basically, I could travel anywhere that I wanted, but it was if it was anywhere outside of where I would normally travel. Right. Like, I flew to L.A. a lot then and uh, in New York, so I just had to call him. Hey, dude, I'm catching a flight. This is for work. I'm going to, like, New York. You know, or I'm going out to L.A., or I'm going to uh, to Austin, Texas. Right. And I spoke to him precisely zero fucking times. You just left messages? Messages. That was it. I talked to him the one time when I had to call him and set up an appointment to go see him. Yep. After that, no. We, yeah. We were estranged. Did you even meet him? Nope. Oh, shit. <coughs> I fucking hate you. <coughs> I can't tell you what he looks like, how he was dressed, anything. <laughs> fucking fantastic. Yeah. Nah. All right, so let's finish this up. All right. This next part is called What's for Dinner? Oh, fuck. (laughs) On March 4th of 1995, it was after midnight when Antoinette and Rogers visited visited Kin Ung Vietnamese restaurant ran by the Vu family. Kin Ung Vietnamese run by Vu's. Okay. Yep. I only have eyes for Vu. (laughs) I was going to try to sing, um, oh, what's the name of that song? Um, I can't even think of it right now, but go ahead. I hear the secrets that you keep. <laughs> no, the the one that's in, um, 
that movie and it's like uh Voo to a Kill? No, I can't think of it. Just go ahead. I have to get a drink. Oh. Antoinette had uh, had on occasion worked there as an off-duty security guard. The employees were busy doing their cleanup after closing. Chew Voo. I can't even say that with a straight face. God damn it. I previously gone into the kitchen to count the money and exited the kitchen to pay Ronald Williams. Okay. Ronald was a colleague of, Ant- of Antoinette's and much like Antoinette had many times worked as a security guard at night to supplement his income. Okay. As Chu approached Ronald, he noticed Antoinette walking uh, toward the front door. Uh-oh. Antoinette and Rogers had already been there twice that night to get leftover food. The two would frequently eat there for free after one of Antoinette's guard shifts. Okay. The last visit, Chu had let her out. She couldn't find the front door key. That's Chu. Oh. Yeah, Chu's like, well, my key. <laughs> my I'm God. not squinting. I should see it. But no, she did not. hate <laughs> you. With Antoinette coming in a third time, her spidey senses were tingling. Oh, yeah. Mine would be, too. They're like, danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> right? If you don't get that reference, you're just, you're too young. Yeah, to way to too young. Watch some fucking TV. Lost in space. Yeah. She sensed something was very wrong. She ran into the kitchen and hid the money in the microwave. Because, you know, nothing says good times like warm money. Well, not just that, because people look in the freezer. Oh, just yeah, saying. totally. <laughs> Antoinette entered through the front door using the key she had stolen earlier, walked past Ronald, and shoved Chu. Uh, her brother, Quok. I think it's Quo. This is no C sound. But anyway, Quo the Quok. And another employee uh, into a doorway of the kitchen. So she's pushing him. Like, Get the fuck in the kitchen, bitch. Ronald's- Antoinette is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Ronald started to follow when he heard shots fired. Ronald snuck up behind him and uh, shot Ronald in the neck. Oh, wow. Several of his spinal cords, uh, it severed his spinal cords and instantly paralyzed him. As he fell to the ground, Rogers continued to shoot him in the head, back, and essentially he killed him. Wow. Just kept shooting. Unload that gap. Like, unloaded the clip, huh? Oh, yeah. Gangsta. When Antoinette turned towards the sound uh, of, from the dining room, she grabbed Quo, and they, along with other employees, hid in the rear of the walk-in cooler, turning out the lights as they entered. Wow. None of them knew where the older sister and brother, uh, his name is Ha and Quo, uh, Kwong? And Kwong were. Ha and Kwong. Fuck me. Goddamn. I'm glad she does this phonetically because I'm so not just that. It's, I can't believe you got this one. The two had been uh, sweeping the dining room floor when Antoinette, Antoinette entered. Wow. From their from their hiding spot, they could see part of the kitchen uh, and the front of the restaurant. Chu saw Antoinette searching for something, but then she moved out of sight. More shots were fired, and then she could see Antoinette searching where uh, where the Vus normally stashed their money. Right. Both Rogers and Antoinette could could be heard shouting at Ha and and Quag, demanding to know where the money was. Okay. But neither of them knew where where Chu had hit it. Oh Ant- yeah. Uh huh. Well, Antoinette pistol whipped seventeen year old Quag when when he hesitated in saying where Chu might have hidden the money. 
Wow. Antoinette found the money in the microwave, then shot 21-year-old Ha three times as she, uh, as Ha begged for her life. Okay, question. Huh? Did she use her her service weapon? It doesn't say. Oh, damn. Probably did. Because she sounds like she's a fucking idiot. <clears throat> yeah. Then she shot Claw, shot Claw six times. Fuck. After Rogers and Antoinette left, Chu tried calling 911 on her cell phone, but she had no signal. Ah, there's no signal inside fridge. Qua ran out the cooler, out the back door uh, of the restaurant to a nearby friend's house and called 911. Wow. After leaving the restaurant, Antoinette dropped Rogers off at an apartment complex nearby. She heard the 911 call on her portable radio and borrowed uh, a patrol car in order to return to the scene as a responding officer. Oh, shit. Well, she entered through that back door and walked towards the front. Her her intention was to kill Chu and Kwok so that, uh, you know, there's no witnesses because, you know. Oh, so kill him on her way through. Shit, yeah. That's a smart gotcha, move. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You know what? Yeah. Dead witnesses can't testify, motherfucker. That's, that's right. Dead men tell no lies. That's right. Chu had been waiting for help at the front door when she saw Antoinette bolted out into the safety of arriving officers. Antoinette immediately identified herself as an officer. Well, Chu told the officers Antoinette had committed the murders. Wow. So Eddie Rance, the homicide detective assigned to the case, believed Antoinette and Rogers had planned the robbery as an act of revenge against Ronald. Wow. Antoinette believed that she was being shorted on hours and pay at the restaurant because of him. Eddie described Antoinette as the most cold-hearted person he had ever encountered. And that's wow. saying a lot being in Nolans, man, because yeah. there's some shady motherfuckers in Nolans. Dude, yeah, no no doubt. Yeah, I mean, they've got some very nice people there. No, they do. They, uh, but, you know, I, I'm I mean, kind of bagging on them, you know, but yeah. the people of Nolans are, are actually really nice. I've, I've yeah. had a great time but, every time I've gone there. But the underbelly? But, yeah. Yeah, the underworld of Nolans is that's... Yeah. Like, seriously, people talk about, you know, like like New York and L.A. and, and places like yeah, the that. Mafia. Yeah, you ain't got nothing on what's happening in Nolens. Yeah, no, no. You just don't hear about what's happening yeah. in Nolens. I mean, let's not talk about the Jeff Davis 8 that we covered, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not just it's not just the freaking the underbelly. No. It's, it's cops. It's everybody yeah. else, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People get lost in swamps all the well, time there, Hoss. Well, and I thought it was funny because when I was in New Orleans, right, you know, because THC, I mean, pods, everything's legal up here. Right. Right. And when I was in New Orleans, they had vans parked along the side of the road sporadically that said, you know, THC gummies and blah, blah, blah. Get your THC here. Advertising all over the side of the van. Doors open. All that. Oh. And I said, oh, it's legal here? I didn't know that. And then the guy goes, uh, no, the cops just don't care. <laughs> I'm like. Which, honestly, who the fuck should really care about weed? I, yeah, seriously, but still, I it's <laughs> like blatantly disobeying the law and nothing. Yeah, well, you know, we got to figure, man. Kyle's probably going to spend a stressful day. What you got? Oh, man, I got your gummies right here. Just yeah. wait. I'm, I'm going to go home. Drink, that's right. That's right. Drink Just, a pop you know, couple gummies. I'm give golden. me one. Give me a couple. <laughs> Both Chu and Antoinette were questioned at the restaurant. Antoinette subsequently uh, was arrested and charged with three counts of first-degree murder. Oh, shit. Which justified me so, right? Rogers was arrested and charged later that same night. Antoinette is uh, believed to be the first Nolan's police officer charged with the murder of another officer. Oh, fuck. So now we get to go to the trial. Yeah, it's more than friendly fire. Oh, yeah. And honestly, 
we've talked about this before. Like, I work with people that I don't fucking like. True. You'd run them over with your truck, but you wouldn't shoot them. I would not <laughs> murder any of the people that I work with. Right. There's a difference. I mean, you don't have to like the people. Even if, let's say that I'm working with other songwriters, and I think that, uh, we're, we'll call him Bob. Bob's, you know, <laughs> hey, I think that he's kind of nudging in on, on my clients and, you know, probably undercutting my prices. Because, you know, remember, man, my rates are my fucking rates. Right. That was from a text message I sent in a yeah. rage. No, it was like, look here, my rates are my rates, bitch. No, my terms are my terms, bitch. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. because I was, I, I don't like that producer anyway. Yeah. Fucking, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I won't mention names. But, um, I'm not going to go to said producer or, or go to Bob, who I think, you know, might, might be nudging in on, on my action. Right. And fucking shoot him. It doesn't right. matter how hard up I get. Right. Fuck. It's brutal, man. No shit, man. right? Yeah, you, you, you got to have that kind of block where yeah. you go, okay, look, <clears throat> I don't like Bob because I think that he's a underhanded yeah. little piece of shit. Yeah, and I don't have to hang out with him, so fuck him. Yeah, so fuck him. I'll just I'll yeah. find different clients. I don't give a shit. True. So Antoinette, this is for the trial. Antoinette and Rogers were indicted by a grand jury on April 28th of 95. Their cases were tried separately. Rogers' okay. trial uh, was July 17th through the 21st of 95 before Judge Frank Morello. He was found guilty and sentenced to death. Yeah, got it. I think they should just fed him to the Gators, but all right. Right. Well, sentenced to death, he, he's a cop killer, so... Yeah, and I think they should just take yeah. him to the swamp and fucking put a you know stake around his neck and let the no, gators finish pork. him up. Well, pork would work too. Yeah, pork works better than beef. Pork for the pigs. Because um, alligators, known fact, do not like the taste of human flesh. Really? Yep. They will bite that. you, but as soon as they taste it, they like kind of go a separate kinda, way. Kind of like sharks. Yeah. Oh, okay, because I, I know sharks. I don't, yeah. I don't know gators, man. Yeah. The main evidence against him was the use of uh, Ronald Williams' credit card at a gas station minutes after the robbery and the murders. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, not even waiting. I'm going to go to a gas station and use this credit card. What a yep. dick. Why not? Antoinette's trial began on September 5th, 1995, before the same presiding judge. Her lawyer subpoenaed 39 witnesses, but didn't call any of them to take the stand. On September 12th, the jury returned... That was her attorney? That was hers, yeah. Had 39 witnesses on the list, but didn't call a single one? Not a single one. What the fucking... Wow. Well, he's probably looking at her going... Oh, dude, you're fucked. <laughs> this woman's a twat. Yeah. Dude, you're fucked. Doesn't matter who, what they say. He's She's going to be on Scott's show. Uh, Scott, yeah, a fucking brutal nation. He's going to call her, give her a yeah. sugar tits award. Yeah. And no, not quite a sugar tits, but goddamn close. No, she's a twat waffle. She's a twat waffle. She doesn't get sugar tits, but she definitely no. gets a twat waffle. Yeah, no it. doubt, yo. The jury returned a guilty verdict on all counts after only 22 minutes of deliberation. Ooh. Now, uh, take the, it's not four. How many counts, though? What was it, like three, three counts of 22 murder? divided by three? That's seven minutes. Close. It's close, but... Consider that this is the 90s, so there's more regulations. There's right, more, right, right. There's more of everything going right. on. Right, you it's actually have to process. read through each charge, and yeah. Yeah, at 22 minutes, coming back on uh, guilty yeah. on all counts, the robberies, That's the murders, and everything. Good. Jesus Christ. They put her on the express train, is what they did. Yeah, they said, bang, bang, all aboard. They basically went into the jury room and said, you motherfuckers heard all that shit? Yeah, me too. Let's drink some coffee for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, let's let's play it good. Yeah, mm-hmm. play it off right here. At the time, setting a new record for the, for a capital murder case in Nolens. I believe it. 
It took the jury only 45 minutes the next day to arrive at the recommendation of the death penalty. Oh, shit. Yeah. Once again, they just went... Good for her. Good for them. They were all talking before the next day is what happened. They were all like... Yeah, not supposed to, but, you know, they probably discussed it in that 22 minutes. (laughs) <laughs> Let's order some pizzas at you know where where we're yeah. being co- uh, uh, housed and uh, and just have a nice pizza party. Around. What do you think we should do with this bitch? Yeah. Death penalty. Oh yeah, no, me well, too. Technically, sure on, on jury duty, you're not supposed to mention the case outside the courtroom or the jury room. Yeah, technically, even but with I'm each other. Sure, but man. yeah, Antoinette Frank was sentenced to death row on October twentieth and sent to the Louisiana Correctional Institute for Women in Saint Gabriel, which is uh, near Baton Rouge. So there's aftermath to this, as there always is when there's a dumbass cop like this. Oh, yeah. Fucking dumb twat. In 1993, about a year and a half before the restaurant murders, Antoinette's father had been staying at her home. She reported him missing. In November, a month after she received her death penalty, a dog led officers to a human skull with a 22 bullet buried under her house. What? Guess where your old dad went? What <gasps> do you guess? No way! Yeah, dude, no! Oh my god, that is like a that dude. That was a cliffhanger. Investigators believe the skull was that of, like I said, Adam Frank, her her daddy. Oh wow! But since she was already serving a death sentence, uh, they had really no interest in charging her with her father's yeah, death. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she's already done with, right? Yeah, well, unless it gets overturned. But yeah. <clears throat> but wait, there's more. Of course there is. On October 18th of 2006, oh, no. Antoinette's lawyers argued before a Louisiana Supreme Court that her death penalty sentence should be overturned because she was denied state-funded experts to help with the sentencing portion of a trial and that the defense needed to see uh, to see if there was like mitigating evidence in her background. Yeah, mitigating factors, yeah. <clears throat> a psychiatrist for the defense testified... It was possible trauma from her childhood that could have affected her behavior, and at the time of the murder, she may have been experiencing PTSD. Psychiatrists and the prosecution argued, well, pretty much bullshit. Yeah, no, you're not going to go out and kill these innocent, like, restaurant owners because your dad molested you. I can see you murdering somebody that reminded (laughs) you of your father. Totally. Yeah, but no. Yeah, in those PTSD moments, you don't seek out the people who don't fit the profile of you, the one you have rage against. Right, right. So yeah. they agreed with the uh, with the prison doctor's diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder. Oh, fuck yeah. With uh, antisocial tendons, tendencies, which I agree with. No, I don't know about tendencies. Probably straight on. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and the court upheld her sentence. Like, <laughs> guess what? Uh, nice try, defense, but yeah. you know what? This you know twat what? waffle gonna die. <laughs> you know, you get an A for effort, but that's it. <laughs> yes, uh, I see what you're trying to do here, and it's cute. Yeah, but yeah. no, humorous. Thanks for the chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> On April 22nd of 2008, District Judge Frank Morello—that's the guy who you know tried both those cases, right? The judge who presided over the case, like I said, signed the death warrant. Antoinette was scheduled to be executed by lethal injection on July 15th. Oh, what year? Uh, I would think 95 or no, 2000 something. Okay, uh, I was going to say 2008. Yeah, okay, got it, got it, got it. Sorry. However, in May, the Louisiana Supreme Court issued a 90 day stay of execution. Of course. 
On September 11th, the day the stay was en- had ended, a new death warrant was signed by Judge Murillo for December 8th. All right. During a new round of appeals, Antoinette's lawyers argued they hadn't had enough time to review the evidence. So this Okay, how many years? We're talking from like 95, yeah, you 96. you got 13 years there, bitch. How slow can you be? Yeah, how much evidence is there that you can't... I mean, it's not like it's six tons. Yeah, now, I was gonna <laughs> say, look here, y'all. This is a cheetah ink. <laughs> I was going to say, they, they reviewed it all in cheetah inks. And yeah. that was six tons. And they did it within work. a year, much yeah. less 13 years. You could have reviewed... You could have reviewed that shit kind of a lot and memorized it. Yeah, your dog looks dead. Yeah, she may have died. I don't know. <laughs> so the state Supreme Court ruled again on November 25th, effectively voiding the warranty. Uh, the, 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 yeah. the death warrant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Death warrant. Uh, okay, now, okay, bear with us. This is going somewhere, by the way. In September, her lawyers moved to have Judge Morello removed from her, uh, from her post. Uh, conviction appeals on the grounds of bias and he had already signed her death uh, sentence you know twice judge Lori White heard the motion in September of 2009 and ruled in January of 3rd of 2010 that judge Murillo didn't need to be taken off the case yeah it's like what fucking it makes no sense how is he biased oh exactly you however know? another judge ruled in October of 2010 that Murillo did uh, did need to be uh, recused from both Antoinette and Rogers' cases. But why? Yeah, nobody knows. But he may not have been forth. He said he may not have been forthcoming with the defense regarding his own conviction, uh, a connection to the gun used in the murders. We're gonna get into that, I think. I hope. <laughs> Judge Murillo's that's like quite a little. Judge Morello's signature is on the order authorizing Antoinette to remove the gun from evidence. He maintains the signature as a forgery, and given what we know about Antoinette, it's quite possible that she forged it. Oh, yeah, totally. No female has been executed in Louisiana since Tony Joe Henry in 1942. Hmm. Roger, Rogers <clears throat> uh conviction and sentence were thrown out on July 23rd, 2015. That's by, her co-defendant, right? Right. Okay. By Judge Michael Kirby. A new trial was ordered uh, because one of the jurors from the original trial failed to mention that he was a state trooper. At the time, commissioned officers were not allowed to sit on a jury. The judge believed that the evidence was overwhelming. The juror, uh, the juror misconduct was a violation of his rights uh, to a fair trial. Of course... An appellate court deemed the violation wasn't enough to grant a retrial, so the original sen- sentence stuck. All right. All right. Final twist. It is possible that Rogers wasn't the accomplice in the murders. That Antoinette's accomplice was actually her brother. Remember Adam? Oh, you know? the, 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 the fugitive. Yeah, the fugitive. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Adam was reportedly heard uh, bragging about having killed uh, Nolan's police officer and later discovered to, to possess the make and model gun used in the murders, which raises the question, did they not find the murder weapon during the initial investigation? Yeah, that, that's true. And did they ever say when he got caught? No. Oh. Yeah, so nobody knows. 
If Adam is the accomplice, how did Rogers get Ronald's credit card? Were they both there? Adam Frank Jr. was sentenced to 65 years for an unrelated armed robbery. His, sentence, his sentencing judge stated, quote, I am extremely, extremely, extremely concerned that if this man ever gets out on the streets, he is going to do some, some serious harm to somebody, somewhere, somehow, someday. And that okay. serious harm could include murder. You are a danger to society. You are, you are really a danger to society. Wow. I think the judge's statement sums up uh, kind of both Frank's siblings. Well, not just that. It's, you think if he's, he should have said, if I had the ability to sentence you to death, <laughs> you, you above everybody deserve it. <laughs> If we've ever that, a case, we've heard that once or twice. Yeah, we've heard that like so many times. If ever a case deserved the death penalty, this is it. There's some good judges out there who I love oh, it yeah. when they said like, "I wish we had the death penalty because seriously, I would have oh, yeah. you dead now." Yeah, I mean that's been said overseas with the, where the death penalty's been abolished. Yeah, right, right, right. I think they said it in Hogel's case. I just, I, that's what I thought it was. I just couldn't yeah. remember because I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Yeah. You have anything you want to add to this? No, dude. That was, you know what? That one was actually really intense. I know. I actually it was a good read when I was kind of prepping for yeah, this one. Yeah, because I mean, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Especially the daddy part. I'm more surprised. I'm wondering if they determined when he was shot. Well, I'm more surprised that she didn't work for the Vancouver, Washington Police Department. Um, yeah, but Marie Laveau isn't known out here, so you know. Well, she fucking Antoinette, same, same. Antoinette, Antoinette Marie, same, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, that is just like, that was so unexpected. It was a good read. All right. Remember, you can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check out the website at www.TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. Just type in at BrutalNation. Get the full story without any of my bullshit. Hey, why don't you take a little peeky peek at our... Uh, Patreon page. Yeah. That's on our website because, you know, we could use a little bit of help. And our help. social media, especially YouTube, we're getting videos up there. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and Jake actually brought up a good point when it comes to the videos on YouTube is that the, uh, I can't remember how he put it, but the. Uh, it's the, um, contextualized. Yes. Uh, the, 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 the slides that go along, which it's just a big slideshow, it, it, it. Matches up in the context. It's not just random slides. That, actually, well, that's good. Cause, purpose. Yeah, because, I mean, you're the one that's doing that. Thank goodness took that load off me. But, um, yeah, so you actually go through. I know it is hard, huh? Christ, man. It takes forever. Yeah. All right. This show's copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights reserved. We will see you sexy motherfuckers tomorrow for Freaky Friday. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.